I'm Chad Whitman. I'm Greg Sharon. And I'm Alexander Heller. And this is Every Whit Way. This week, we're talking about music. We have a great interview with the man behind Every Whit Way's music, Jace Williams. Jace tells us all about the music scene here in Glassboro and what he thinks of the music industry and his art collective, 4333. And later, we take a look at what got us into music, who we are listening to right now, what music we're looking forward to coming out, and our guilty pleasure music-wise. And finally, a recap of the news throughout the week. So Chad, you got to sit down with uh, uh, Jace Williams of Sweet Pill. Uh, the man bef- uh, behind our theme music, by the way. Um, what's up with his busy life? Jace really keeps himself busy in the music industry. Um, he's probably one of the hard- hardest working uh, growing music industry students we have or we've um, got to know in the past couple years. Um, but he keeps himself busy. He's been involved in a couple Fringe Fest things. He's been involved in um, a couple bands and, and side projects, I guess. Yeah, So and then he started his own music and arts collective um, a couple years ago. So he's been maintaining that for the past couple years. So Jace not only is in a band, but he runs 4333, um, the collective, right? Um, so what exactly is that? So... I'll give a brief synopsis, but I'll let Jace do most of the explaining here. So from my knowledge and, and being involved in it, um, not involved, but viewing it um, since its, its beginning, it started out as this collective just to record live sessions and interviews with bands. And then over time, it just kind of evolved into, it just gained so much momentum and it evolved into something bigger than um, they even knew it was it was going to be. So then they got their own house and they started their own shows and they became an official company i believe and i think they have an llc now so they're like an official organization all right so chad i'm sure you got way more out of jace than that little tidbit so i'm super excited to hear this without any further ado here's chad's interview with jace williams okay i'm sitting here with jace williams of 4333 hello thank you for coming and speaking with me i really appreciate it thank you for having me um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, your company, 4333, and, um, kind of where it began and, and how it's evolved and, uh, what this means for, like, uh, like, uh, do-it-yourself artists and what this means for do-it-yourself companies in the music industry. So how did, uh, 4333 initially start? So I gotta give some backstory. Um, when I was in high school, I played in some really crappy bands and, um, I did all the management and it went nowhere. And then when I was looking to start going to college, I wanted to go to Rutgers, New Brunswick, because they had an established music scene. Something I was really passionate about, and um, I wanted to be a part of that specific music scene. I didn't get accepted into the college business at Rutgers, so um, I ended up at Rowan, and um, there was nothing like that here at Rowan, so I had a clean slate to create something like that. And 4333 actually started off um, as kind of like a live session in studio, kind of like we brought a band into Rowan's studio, we would film and record it, and then put it on a YouTube page. Um, I did that with Jackson Zabransky for about a year and a half, and um, then I started realizing that, like, you know, I could do this, but, like, in front of people. I could book mm-hmm. a band in front of, you know, a hundred people, and there could be an actual reaction instead of something behind the screen. Mm-hmm. And um, that really attracted me. And uh, Jackson's still involved, but I met Stephen Coomer, and he really helped me tie the whole concept together, and we established that, you know, we can create a venue in a basement and, you know, go from there. And that's what exactly what we did. And from then, we were able to uh, open up our own 
art gallery kind of venue off campus that, you know, is a legitimate, viable business. That's awesome. So who who would you say are some of the um your your favorite acts that you've that you've had at Rowan, you think? Um so going back to the live session thing, um my favorite artist that I've worked with is a band called Bull mm-hmm. and they're from York. And so they're from overseas and uh they were just the greatest people I've ever met. Their music was great and uh, like the time I spent with them was not only like working with them and recording their music, but actually experiencing like who these people were was like the best experience. I've That's had. awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. So, what do you what do you see for the future of forty three thirty three? What are you guys hoping to do in the next couple of years? So, um, right now we're in the process of developing like a business plan for the next eight months. Mm-hmm. For our senior project, uh, Stephen and I are graduating in the spring, and we're doing our senior capstone projects together. And our, you know, because forty three thirty three has so many different avenues that we could go down. You know, we could be our own venue. We could be a promotion company. We can, you know, rent, you know, sound equipment. There's there's so many different things that we could do. We are going to try to test the waters in each department and see what mm-hmm. fits best. And um, Stephen and I have had conversation to where we would like to do business outside of school so when the time comes um we'll either you know be have our own venue or continue promoting shows in other venues or you know x y or z there's so many different that's awesome so you're actually um in your own band do you want to tell us a little bit about sweet pill and and kind of how that got started and sure um so sweet pill was actually a school project Mm -hmm. um Ian Blay is a year older than me, and um, last year he approached me and said, hey, for my senior project, I would like to record an album. And I had an album's worth of music written. And so I, we got a band together, and uh, that's exactly what we did. We wrote an album and recorded it. And, you know, going into it, it was just kind of like, you know, this is to test out what playing in a band would be like with these people, and we decided to stick with it. Sweet Pill is still now a thing, and it's uh, something that I hold very dear to, uh, you know, my day-to-day life. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, as we, as we kind of, like, t- briefly touched on, like, um, do you feel like this momentum in the music scene at Glassboro, in Glassboro, do you think that that'll carry on, you know, after we all graduate? Do you think that you've really, like, made your mark in, like, the Glassboro music scene? So, um, I think that what we're doing is something that I'm hoping that we're doing is inspiring other people. Mm. Um, I don't want to be the only person doing this. Yeah. And there's other, I'm not the only person doing this. You know, yeah. Since we've started, there have been other people that have started their own promotion companies. And I think that's like an amazing thing. It's not a competition. It's like yeah. a community. And, um, you know, in the future, in terms of like the, the DIY basement scene, I think that will continue. But I see an opportunity in Glassboro you know, a lot of people when they graduate from Rome, they kind of gravitate towards Philadelphia, and I see myself living in Philadelphia, but the music scene in Philadelphia is so saturated. Mm-hmm. And in Glassboro, there is no nightlife other than binge drinking. You know, there's yeah. the frats, and then there's Landmark. Yeah. So, like, and, you know, that's fun, you know, one night a week. But yeah. if you had options, you know, I feel like having a club where you could see it, artists perform would be 
yeah. huge in an area like this. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Coming up after the break, we are looking at the acts that first got us into music, what we're into right now, the music we're excited to come out, and our guilty pleasure acts. Stay tuned. Every Whitway is sponsored by the 4333 Collective. The 4333 Collective has four upcoming shows. Three of them are house shows, and our end-of-the-year show is at the Student Center Ballroom with Tiger Shaw and Oso Oso. But you can buy tickets at 4333collective.com shop. And we're back. So our theme this week is music, obviously. Everyone listens to something from rock to pop to hip-hop to that sweet tang of country. Everyone has their own taste. I'm curious about looking at what musicians or songs got you guys into music. I'm always very hesitant to like talk about music taste in general, not just music, but like your music taste. Someone says, what do you listen to? What is your music taste? Because I feel like people get very judgmental and very competitive when it comes to music. I don't know if you guys oh, feel the same way. Yeah. yeah, people feel very like entitled to artists. And, I, and I'm guilty of that. Like I, I know for a fact I've, I've had that thought in my head like, oh, do you even really listen to them? And the phrase like... <laughs> you like that one yeah. song you really listen to? And them? the phrase like, uh, name five songs. Like I hate that mentality of like, you can like whatever you like. Music is completely subjective. If you want to listen to two songs and call yourself a fan, do it. If you want to listen to their entire discography and say they're okay, like, do it. Like, music is subjective. Music is for everyone. It's interpreted in every different, like, 100 million different ways. And um, I don't know. I feel like people should just be less judgmental about what you listen to. Just listen to whatever the hell makes you happy or makes you sad or makes you feel something. That's the point of music. And um, let people like what they like. Alex, what was the first song or band or whoever that really sticks out to you oh my god why do you have to put me on the spot right there man oh my god um i used to be really into music when i was like little but uh, now i'm just i'm just far behind that times man like i don't know uh i'm into this uh i'm into the vaporwave movement right now because i feel like it's so relaxing and it's really chill but if we're going to talk about um my first experience with music um, oh, that's tough. I would say it would have to be Led Zeppelin and Alice in Chains. I'm trying to think of another one that was like that really stood out to me. How how old were you when you started listening to them? Like that type of music? Five. I was five years old when I listened to them. Um, yeah. My uh, my dad liked Alice in Chains. Um, all like the really heavy grunge music. I love grunge music. My brother he got me more into the alternative scene, and the more I listened to my the more I listen to their tastes, like Led Zeppelin, ACDC, and most of the grunge 90s, like early 90s grunge music movement, I love the grunge because I feel it speaks to a lot of individuals in like the lower middle class. Uh, I would have to say right now, I will always be that alternative hipster for like the rest of my life. I I eat, breathe, and live alternative music. Um my favorite band right now that I'm listening to is Young the Giant. I feel like they're really, really good. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time that I got to see live was, uh, I would have to say, Kings of Leon. Those guys rocked the show right there. And they're like a little bit mix of like bluegrass uh, and blues, uh, like southern rock. I like southern rock a whole lot too. 
uh, minus the racism. As we all do. Yeah. I love Southern Rock because it's also a lot more relaxing, enjoyable. I, I like to listen to a lot of music that relaxes me. You know what I mean? Um, like right now, I'm really into the Vaporwave. I don't know how long it's going to last. For those who don't know, can you explain what Vaporwave is? Yeah, Vaporwave is synthetic music mixed with alternative hipster uh, movements. That's like the best description I can give right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it like what would be lo-fi? Yes, yeah. It's lo-fi, but it's... More like rock? Yeah, it's it's lo-fi, but not jazzy. That's like the best description I can give. It's really good. It's I love it. I like I like to listen to a lot of music that gets me pumping, and I and makes and relaxes me. Um, like my brother made me listen to uh, Coheed and Cambria. Those guys were my favorites. Uh, my favorite other my other favorite band, I think right now, has to be. What am I listening to? I'm listening to like Kendrick Lamar too. I've I've never liked J Cole. I never got onto that. Oh my man, hold so up, hold up. Respectful. I like Kendrick Lamar more. Respect, but J. Fact, Cole. facts. I agree. Kendrick and J Cole are probably the two best pure rappers. In yeah, yeah going back to my favorite and uh, favorite music to listen to when I was younger and my influences, I would say uh, the Gorillas. I love them. I love them. I listened to them when I was little. Awesome visuals. All yeah, I know. Uh, back to my dad, too. Jimi Hendrix. Um, I'm trying to think. Led Zeppelin. Linkin Park was, like, the biggest one. When R.I.P. I, I, Chester. I know. Like, Linkin Park. When I, when I was in late middle school, early high school, I would say Mumford & Sons with a mix of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sublime, and System of a Down. The Wonder Years. I love The Wonder Years. I saw them live. We will talk about The Wonder Years until the end of time. I yeah, I was, the end of time. I was 100% debating at a strong point in my life that. to get a Hank the Pigeon yes, tattoo. Yes. And I still love The Wonder Years, but thank God I did not let that happen. No. If I was allowed to get a tattoo at the age of 16, that's what I would have gotten. <laughs> so good. And lastly, probably one of the most um, important music influences in my life right now, well, ever, well, is going back to Alice in Chains and Foo Fighters. They have pretty much revolutionized music, in my opinion. And I know that Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters are still big, but they still have that large influence uh, in the music community. And I feel it's very underappreciated right now. And I love them so much. So would you say that like growing up, you stayed pretty consistent with like what genres you listen to? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, when I was younger, I, I lived in a very mixed community too, and I listened to uh, a lot of rap, hip hop. Um, but the more I, I wouldn't say distance, I would say the when I left my community, I got into my own music tastes, and I pretty much built this persona of that hipster idea right there, where I the more abstract or less influenced the artists are the more i'm into them and i like that you get to explore music that way and i feel that's how i grew as a person is probably pretty much through my music i would say the music that i listened to as a child and as a teenager turned me into the individual that i am today yeah chad chad what are you um what started you to get into music? i'm actually very interested because you guys are like really into it i wrote notes because i was like i don't know what i'm gonna say so i need to i need to structure this in some way so i kind of wrote that um for starters 
my family is not musically oriented. They're they no one in my family. They're not, not musically inclined. Well, not in the sense that like obviously no one can play an instrument in my family, but they're not they're not music fans. Like they don't actively listen to music. They don't really like no one in my family. I think my brother and I are the only ones that have Spotify in my immediate family. Like no one, they just don't really like music and that's not their thing. And that's completely fine. They like sports and that was just never my thing. So I, my experience with music has been completely, um, I don't want to say independent because I've had a lot of outside influences that have kind of, and friends and, and some people that have kind of like shown me things that I've, I've enjoyed, but for the most part, music that I listen to is things that I've like found on my own. And, um, so my family, yeah, so my music taste kind of aligns with where I'm at in my life at that time. Mm, yeah. Sorry, I'm like rambling. No, it's fine. Like, I, I like that idea right yeah. there. As Led Zeppelin said, yeah. ramble on. Yeah, yeah. So my, yeah, so my music taste always goes, um, with like where I'm at in my life. So when I was younger, it was kind of just like, I didn't know, I didn't have a lot of technology when I was growing up. So like, I mean, I had an iPod and stuff, but it was just, and I would only listen to things that would come on the radio or if I saw, or if I heard something in a movie that I really liked, then I would like look it up on YouTube and download it on LimeWire and, and oh, legally, LimeWire. <laughs> like legally download it and like, and put it on my freaking iPod and um, yeah, so, but my earliest influence, the only person in my family that was very into music was my grandfather who passed away when I was in high school. And um, he showed me, um, he gave me all of his old records when I was old enough. And he showed me um, people like the Doobie Brothers. They're like a really cool band. Um, and um, he showed me like Frank Sinatra and like all the classics. So I had like some some early influences, but I didn't really, they weren't necessarily like my favorites. You know what I mean? I loved, I loved Frank Sinatra when I was younger. And then um, my mom kind of showed me like things that were on the radio and stuff like that. My mom was a very big Whitney Houston fan. So when I was growing up, I was like really into Whitney Houston. And I still am to this day. I still love Whitney Houston. Chad at his 21st birthday party, once we got to the bar, just started screaming, Whitney, the whole time. Good good times. Yeah. So, um, so for, for when I was in um, elementary school and younger, I mainly just listened to things that were on the radio and then things in movies like um, – one of my favorite movies when I was growing up was Cheaper by the Dozen. And the Cheaper by the Dozen has a very heavily like alternative rock soundtrack. And I never realized why that was my favorite movie until I got older. I'm like, no, it was the soundtrack. That's that's what made that movie. Cheaper by the Dozen has an awesome soundtrack. Simple plan to know. It was like Simple Plan, Good Charlotte, like that type of music. So that's so when I was like So like late middle school, that's like what I like when I found like a genre of music, I was like, oh shit, I love all of this. And I was just like finding anything I could on like YouTube of like, um, so I wrote down like, um, I was really into like Blink-182. I was really into, yes, yeah, I was really into Green Day. I was really into Linkin Park. I was really into Sum 41. Like that was, and like Yellow Card at that time. So that's when I like started oh. to like, um, and that, so that was like late, late in middle school. Sorry. I'm like, you guys can tell me to shut up. No, dude, you're just um, late. I have, my childhood right I have a lot of notes on this. So, so that was like my late middle school years. And then when I got into high school, um, I went to a really small middle, really small middle school. So then when I got into high school, I just like was immersed in like all these people that were musically inclined that I didn't really have in my middle school. So I, uh, so when I got into high school, I went through this very angsty phase. I had a lot of mental illness and I was like going through a lot of shit and you know when you're in that phase and you're like weird like that I went through I had to go through my pop punk phase where you know all you listen to so I wrote down all I listened to was like 
the Wonder Years and Real Friends, Neck Deep, Balance and Composure, Have Mercy, those kind of bands. Oh, and which, which like, I make fun of it now because I don't listen to them as much anymore. But like, Balance and Composure, like, I went to their final show in Philly and like cry my eyes out because it was so nostalgic. Like, Have Mercy, I still love. Like, The Wonder Years, I'll still listen to occasionally. Um, like, Aaron Russ and the Roaring Twenties, I still listen to him. I feel like if you listen to those songs, they bring you back to that time. Yes, so yeah. you might not be a fan of their new stuff or you've outgrown them, but when you listen to the songs that have such a nostalgic ring to you, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this brings me back. That's the point of emo night, guys. Oh, yes. Yeah, it like brings me back to like like going for drives in high school and like and just like doing... Late nights in my car. Late nights in my car. <laughs> the night you drove along. <laughs> oh, God. So, um... And then when, um, like, when I got older and I was able to drive in high school, I got involved in, like, local music, so then I started to go to, to local shows, and I started to befriend people that were in bands. Um, like, one of my best friends in high school was in this band. Yeah, one of my friends in high school was in this band um, called Blame the Kids, and um, my friend uh, is Jake Morell, and he actually is a Rome student. And um, so I kind of, like, followed his band around and, and became friends with them, and, like, they kind of showed me, um, like, he would drag me to, like, concerts and, and show me different bands that I should be listening to, and not not all of them I, like, fell in love with, but it was really cool to, like, be immersed in, like, local music for the first time, just because you meet these people, and it's not, like, someone that's unattainable, you know what I mean? It's, like, you're, you're meeting them, and you're getting to know them, and then also, so I didn't only listen to alternative rock, like, I listened to, like, a kind of a mix of genres. I grew up listening to country, and now I, like, kind of resent it, but, like, that's just, that's just me, but then there's also good country music out there, obviously. And then another person in my family that was really into music was my older brother, CJ, who's uh, five years older than me. So when I was like, I think it was like in high school, probably like early high school, he like got me um, into people like Drake and Mac Miller, like uh, Mac Miller, like kicking incredibly dope shit, like like that era of Mac Miller, like that early, early days. Shout out to older brothers yeah. sharing, sharing their music taste to their siblings. Like he didn't really like... I love him, but he, obviously we don't have like parallel music taste. It was just like some things that he would show me that I would really enjoy, but like I was always a really big fan of Drake. I mean, which is iffy now because of all the shit that Drake's involved in. His music is just... Yeah, so, but like I've, I've been in love with Mac Miller for, for years and I've always been just like entranced by his, his music and his creativity and how he like pushes things outside the box and how he thinks. Not a fan of his music, but as a person, it's such a gorgeous soul. Like he, he is like one of the most chill. He was one of the most interesting and chill individuals out there. If you didn't like his Mac Miller stuff, definitely listen to the Larry Fisherman stuff. That yeah. stuff is really jazz influenced and it's totally different. He was just, he, his, his mind was just, it was different. Um, yeah. So I was into now I would just say, or, um, I've been influenced by like a lot of alternative rock, a lot of indie music. I listen to some pop music, um, and then some, you know, you know, just R&B and hip hop. So. But that's but that's where um, yeah that's what I grew up listening to. Greg, what about you? Yeah, just like both you guys, my family definitely influenced my music taste. So there's videos of me when I'm like three years old singing along to "Bye Bye Bye" by InSync. Yeah, I remember doing that too. <laughs> so having four older sisters, definitely um, pop music was super big when I was little and didn't really understand. I was just trying to fit in with my sisters and listen to what they liked. So definitely pop music and boy bands. I can sing all the 90s boy band stuff to you in a minute. (laughs) I really got into music, though, with my dad. He grew up in the 60s and 70s. In my eyes, one of the best times for music ever. So 
the Beatles, the Who, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, all those great um, classic rock bands and people, that was just nonstop playing in the car. So my influence really started with them. That was like the only stuff I would listen to. And then, funny enough, really, Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Oh, yep. Yeah, I remember that. A hundred percent shaped what I listened to. I'll look at the playlist that I make. Probably a third of the songs are on one of those games. Especially uh, like three or four Iron Maiden songs. When you played rock band, what did you guys play? Guitar. Oh, I sang. Yep, I was either the singer or the drummer. My sister was like really into those uh, rhythm games, and she played the drums like on expert, and she was like on expert. It's it's harder than playing real drums. This is just my opinion here. I think it's way harder than playing actual drums. But anyway, um, yeah, getting back, so that so rock and alternative music was really what I was listening to. And then in middle school, I was driving with my future brother-in-law, and he played The Downfall of Us All by A Day to Remember. And that sparked something that, not that I regret, but that just poised me to only listen to A Day to Remember for about three straight years. From the seventh grade, eighth grade, and ninth grade, I'm telling you, honestly, I don't think I listened to another group than A Day to Remember. I just listen to their entire discography over and over and over and over so i got into really heavy music then and whatnot by the time i got to my later years of high school um i kind of just started listening to what my friends were listening to at parties and whatnot yeah so now i think i have a very wide range of music that i listen to i can probably have a very educated conversation from anywhere from hardcore music to country to pop to blues all these genres in in between just because i listen to so many different things from so many different people and i really am happy about that so it's cool yeah yeah i was gonna say i think when when greg and i met um a couple years ago we bonded because we both i'm pretty sure i saw a picture of you at warp tour and i was like this this was <laughs> we all went to warp tour um yeah and like like chad was saying pop punk music i still listen to a couple bands that i listened to when i was in high school because of they've they've kind of grown the same way i've kind of grown in their music styles but yeah so i was gonna say that's my guilty pleasure but i'm not guilty about it i'm not guilty about it or or maybe we are no i'm not i'm not okay but uh more importantly what's everyone listening to currently um i'll go so I actually, two days ago, just made this playlist about a female artist. So I I titled the playlist Women That Rock. So it's all uh, bands that are fronted by female singers. And My favorite playlist is Maxin and Relaxin. Oh, nice, nice. But yeah, I've been listening to just a lot of female singers lately. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know why. What are some I, of your favorites? Um, really into Claro. I just saw her a couple uh, days ago. She. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's um, Beats One Up Next Up Next artist, which was what um, Billie Eilish was, and they completely predicted her blowing up. So Clara is like expected to do the same, and she's actually performing with Tame Impala in L.A. Yeah, she's going on tour with Tame Impala. She's oh, she's I, I love Tame Impala. Yeah, she's the supporting she's the supporting act. But um, yeah, so I saw, Clara's on there. Uh, this band Beach Bunny from Illinois, who's awesome. I'm seeing them in Philly in a couple weeks, or maybe this weekend. I don't know. 
and then and then we have like I have some R and B girls on there, so like SZA's on there, uh, Callie Ukis, or I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I I'm really listening to a lot of female singers right now. I think it's pretty cool. I think female artist wise that I started to get into earliest was like I've always loved Paramore. Oh yeah, Paramore's totally. like been one of the most influential mm-hmm. bands for me. I've always loved um, like Florence and the Machine. Oh oh, we got to talk about Fleetwood Mac. Hello, Stevie Nicks. Probably one of the most influential female musicians. Yeah, any anything else? Not really, just I'm trying to explore everything, so I love getting music suggestions yeah. from people and checking it out. Do you have a song stuck in your head right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, Harry Styles put out Lights Up at the beginning of October, I think, and I've played it probably a thousand times, so oh, yeah. just that. If you had to say what your favorite album is, or the album that means... I'm going to correct myself. The album that means the most to you. Because I have a favorite album and I have an album that means the most to me. Like of this year or ever? Oh my God. That's like if, ask, if, that's like asking your parents who their favorite child is. They're never going to tell you. So I think one that means the most to me is probably Peripheral Vision by Turnover. I saw them at a Story So Far show for the first time, had no idea who they were. Saw their set, they were so good, listened to the whole album, and didn't stop listening to it. I still listen, I have it on vinyl, I listen to it all the time, I still listen to it all the time. I think the themes in it were just something that I was feeling very much so in the moment, so it means a lot to me. There's, like, Dizzy on the Come Down, when I listen to that song, I still feel something that I don't necessarily know or can explain explain, yeah Yeah. um that's a very good way to put it and then god favorite i think i know this is a basic answer but you gotta look at like the white album by the beatles or like revolver by the beatles it's it's songs that every song could have been another band's biggest song ever and it's just another beatles album but it's just so good so yeah, that that's kind of like a basic thing that my dad kind of instilled in me. But still, it's I love the Beatles. You're not gonna mention Harry no. Styles one. It's fantastic. <laughs> it really is. I love that album. That was definitely my favorite album of the year. It came out, I think, 2017. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Like, it's it's super good and it means a lot. I love listening to it. But I don't know those those the two other that I mentioned. I think are just the best and then meant more to me than that. But yeah, um, Chad, what do you listen to? Kind of like, kind of like you. I've been listening to Clara a lot recently. I'm like kind of obsessed with her. Um, She's just fantastic. like the way She's she, so the way she presents herself and the way she like delivers her lyrics is just something I've never really heard before. And she takes a lot of influence from like soul music, and you can kind of tell. Listen to feel something, and if you don't feel something, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying that feel exactly. something by Clara. Yeah, feels oh, such a good song. Um, so I've been listening to um, yeah, I've been listening to Harry Styles. I've been listening to this band called The Frights a lot recently. Um, I like a lot of their like live sessions and stuff. Um, I have I wrote down a couple songs that I have stuck in my head right now. So I have the song um, "You Know I'm No Good" by Amy Winehouse stuck in my head. Oh, Amy, mm. I'm no good. I have that song. I like it's been stuck in my head for the past like two weeks. And I can't get it out, and I've like been singing in the shower, and I'm sure my roommates hate me for it. But yeah, I love I love Amy Winehouse and, and her influence. Also, have the song "Forever" by Clara stuck in my head, and then also "Lights Up" by Harry Styles. That's what I'm currently listening to. So, and then um, if I'm gonna say favorite albums of all time, 
I wrote it down too. Um, thank you, thank you. I like to think so. I wrote down um, Dookie by Green Day is like one of my favorite albums. Oh, of all time. that's a classic right there. I um I got it on vinyl when I was in probably like the eighth grade, I think, and um it was like one of the first um records that I ever bought for myself, mm. and I was, like, so proud of it, because I, like, found it in this local record store, and I was, like, oh, shit, like, like, I found a Green Day album, because I was, I was in a very big Green Day phase, and I still am, I still love Green Day to this day. Yeah, so I found, and Dookie is, like, one of my favorite albums, so I had that on vinyl, and then I also wrote down, um, Control by SZA is, like, one of my favorite albums of all time. I just admi I admire her so much as a person, I, and it's not even necessarily, like, I can relate to the relationships aspects of her songs but I just relate to like the emotion and the way she describes how she's feeling in that album is just like just gets me I like I have a control tattoo on the back of my arm <laughs> um and then um Blonde by Frank Ocean is like one of my favorite albums of all time too Frank Ocean has um been an artist that I've like looked up to for the longest time um very underrated he is very slept on right now. I think, I mean, I actually, I think he's appropriately rated. I think to, there's... To, to disagree with that, Vice actually just uh, put out their, or Noisy, powered by Vice, but yeah, yeah. Vice's music um, publication, uh, put out their top 100 albums for the decade of the 10s or whatever. And yeah, Frank Ocean, uh, I don't it think... I, yeah, it was Channel Orange, I think was like three or something on there. And Scissor's Control was really high up there, too. I think that was in the teens. And then Blonde was also in the 20s or everyone, in the teens. Uh, everyone I've talked to about Frank Ocean favors Channel Orange. But to me, I, I like the songs in Channel Orange, and I think they're very creative. But I think, to me, I relate more to the songs in Blonde. And they, they just mean more to me, and they make um, me feel things. And speaking <laughs> of feeling things, my last um, album that's my probably my favorite album of all time, besides Peripheral Vision by Turn Over 2, um, is feel something by movements um movements is uh i don't know if you i don't know if you've ever heard of them, alex but they're a um like an alternative rock pop punk influence yeah definitely pop punk influence yeah like they're on the barrier they they toured with um the stir so far and uh turnover and um citizen last year and uh movements is like one of those bands that's just like meant so much to me they they address issues like um death and, and mental illness and and love and it's just in in such a raw way that you I feel like you don't really get from a lot of like pop punk influence music. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys, but like, but um yeah, just movement movements means a lot to me, and I kind of watched them blow up, which was really exciting. Which I think a lot of people hate to see that happen to their artists, their their favorite artists, because they don't want to see their favorite artists become mainstream and people jump on the bandwagon to like. That. That's yeah, that's always the struggle right there for a lot of fans in regards to their music because um i have a friend of mine who was in who is in love with paris i don't know if you've heard of them yeah. uh she loves them and she was there when they first toured around the country uh during warp tour i was there with her which was really cool they made they had that that place was pumping right there and i can understand why a lot of fans really liked them before they got mainstream and that's always been a struggle for a lot of both music fans and music lovers. When do when do when do things become mainstream and when do you stop loving them? I think that debate right there is ridiculous. I find it ridiculous because 
say you go mainstream and they bring in like a band when I mean by day, um, the band makes probably their best album of all time. Whereas like when they go, whereas for another band, they, they also go mainstream, but they also like create one of the most interesting, but not like critically acclaimed albums. You don't want to see your, your band, what people would say is excel out. It's like, it's like do something for the, the credit. But I think uh, music itself is a fad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but I think that, that point of when does it become, when does it blow up and you start to not like it anymore? Yeah, I think it should be based off of the music itself and not the fan base. If you still like their music and they've blown up, then good for you. And I think if you like an artist and you care about an artist, like I, I feel like me personally, a lot of artists that I listen to consistently, I, I feel like I know them and I want the best for them. And I'm like, when I, they put out songs about them hurting, I like feel that they want recognition they they want to have their music well known and i want to see that for them if that's what they want i i agree with what you're saying about fans not wanting them to sell out but i think a really big thing too is also looking at the fact that maybe they're just changing and the music that they made when they first started to become popular for a certain demographic and now they're changing and it is more appealing to a larger demographic. Like um, one of the guys in the Flatbush Zombies, um, shout out Flatbush Zombies, I love them. But he he said, you can't please everyone because as soon as we put out a new song, everyone's saying, this sounds nothing like your old stuff. Oh, you're selling out. And he just, he just says, no, we're just changing. Like I grow as a person, I grow as an artist, and this is what I'm feeling at the moment. And this is what we're feeling sometimes because they, the music that they do is kind of, it's rap, but it's very thought out and it has like a lot of meaning behind it. They, they delve into very deep topics also. And they, if they put out like a party trap song, everyone's like, where's your philosophical rap music going? And Juice, the, the dude who said this just says, Look, we like to party, and sometimes we want to party to our own music. So we just made a party song. Like it's not, we don't, we're not changing our whole philosophy on how we're doing stuff. It's just what we're feeling in the moment. Yeah, music's about experimentation, and you want to evolve with your music. And I think a lot of artists that I like or that I listen to consistently, like I said before, I, I relate to them and I like them as people. And whatever message they want to deliver, I like how they're delivering it, and I like how they they intend on delivering it, and. And I think that's why I'll, I a lot of artists I've stayed consistent with over the years, even in their bad stages, because I know this is a phase that they're going through. Um, it doesn't necessarily relate to me, but I'm still going to keep an eye out for them and see future music if, if, if I can get on board with it, because I still liked them in the past and they meant something to me at one point in my life. A hundred percent. That's that's kind of how I feel with Turnover right now. I don't necessarily love the, the new album. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Peripheral Vision, I just said, is an album that means the most to me out of any music I've ever listened to. Meanwhile, they're putting out new music and I don't really like it per se, but I'm also not going to support them anymore or back them because that one album just was meant everything to me. And you mean you're, you're not, not going to. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, you're going to continue to support them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to unsubscribe from them on YouTube and unfollow them on Instagram and all this stuff. I'm still going to support them if they tour and I can go to the show. 
I'll probably go to the show and see them. Hopefully, and hope they play their old stuff. But yeah, I don't. I don't think you can go away. So, Alex, uh, what about you? What are you currently listening to? What are your favorite albums? Can I start with my albums first? Because I, I listen to a lot of music and I listen to as much as I possibly can. But my favorite albums of all time, I have it written down. Uh, the Queen is Dead by The Smiths. That is like one of my favorite ones of all time. Uh, Only By the Night by Kings of Leon. That's an album I can listen to from the first track to the last track. I feel like that's... I feel like your favorite album is always going to be that album that where you just put it in or put it on your computer. You just listen to it all the way from the beginning to the end. I really, really love that album. Uh, Stadium Arcadium by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I know that's pretty much like the most casual pick, but I love that album. That's, again, like another album that you can listen to from the beginning to the end. Uh, Meteora by Linkin Park. That, to me, is their most underrated album of all time because everybody picks their, like, their, the uh, what's the, what's that album? Is it just, like, Linkin oh, Park? The one with Transformers. No, no, not that one. <laughs> uh, no, not that one. I think it's, like, the one with the hockey player with a big jacket and, like, butterfly wings. I forgot the name of it, but it, it's, like, their first album. Everybody picks that album yeah, because... Yeah, everybody picks that album because that's all. That's pretty much the greatest hits in the in their first album, which kind of sucks. But Meteora, in my opinion, is their like best album. Uh, Young the Giant, uh, Young the Giant is like like my favorite album. I can listen to from the beginning to the end. Uh, that's my favorite album of all time. And the acts I'm currently listening to, uh, Cage the Elephant. I love them. Very groovy, very relaxing. Do you like their new album or I like all their I love I love all their stuff. I feel like that's a band that hit it big in the early 2000s, experimented here or there and like tried and failed and then they came back and success and succeeded in that. And I feel like Cage the Elephant is a very underrated band that is going to definitely be remembered for a very long time. Oh yeah. Cigarette Daydreams alone will oh. be remembered for a very very long time. Yeah. Uh Jack White, I'm listening to a lot of Jack White right now. I love him. The, the the way he's doing music and the way he appreciates music is something that should definitely be taken seriously and he doesn't take very lightly to that i'm always listening to foo fighters if i'm in the mood for it uh lake street dive i don't know if you know who they are they're a little bit more uh southern rock ish with a mix of jazz and blues um i'll i'll have you guys listen to them right after this uh, probably like in between our break um, the Smiths, I've been listening to a lot. Tame Impala, I love, I love Tame Impala. I, I that's uh, listen to their new song that just came in. No, not yet. I haven't, I haven't gotten the chance to, but I love. Hot take, I can't listen to Tame Impala too much. I can, I can do like two, three songs, and then I have to stop. I can understand that because sometimes their songs are pretty much the same, but I still love it. Yeah, if I'm not in like the mood to oh, yeah. listen to them, I can't, I literally cannot listen to them. Like if a song comes on by them on my like Spotify shuffle or whatever, I kind of skip it if I'm not ready for them. I actually just saw them live. Oh, how were they? It was amazing. Oh. It was like I've never done psychedelics PSA, but. If I had to describe what a psychedelic trip would be like, I'm assuming it would be similar to being in that concert. That's funny. I'm sure I'm sure people there were. Yes. I was not. <laughs> um, but it was it was incredible. Like, oh god, the visuals with the music. It was just so it was so much stimulation all at once. 
I was just I was very overwhelmed. I love him. Uh, Team Impala. That's who I'm listening to. Gary Clark Jr. Gary Clark Jr. I love so much because he is a mix of southern blues southern rock with a little bit of Jimi hendrix twang with it dude my man rips the guitar i love him rips so i'm good. so happy you know gary clark jr so good. this is why we're friends so uh munford and sons i saw a commercial that they're starting um they're uh bringing out a new album either the end of the year or next or the beginning of next year and they're going to be starting another live event I love them so much. That's who I'm listening to uh, right now. And I'm always listening to the Smiths. Like the Smiths, uh, that's another. I like the late 80s like alternative music, uh, like the Cure, that kind of music right there. I always love that kind of music. Like getting out of New Wave, going more into like back into like actual like instruments instead of like electronic. Yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much the same reason why I like Vaporwave because okay. it has that same feel and it has that same sound. Uh, and that's pretty much another reason why I love Tame Impala, because it's sort of the same like that, but different. Yeah. And I feel like that's what music really is. And I, that's who I'm listening to right now. And that's some of my favorite albums. For like project wise, is Mumford and Sons like what you're really like ready to come out? Like you're ready. Oh yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, unless until I listen to the new Tame Impala stuff, uh, I'm just super excited for Mumford and Sons. I feel like that is a band that understands their sound, but when they want to do something different, they can. And when nobody likes it, they'll take that to heart and then change it. And there was this one band that I listened to. Oh, what were they called? It Greta Van Fleet. I hate them. I despise Greta Van Fleet because when I listen to their EP, their EP is fantastic. But when they like brought out their album, awful. It was garbage. It was just a they like it was a little bit gimmicky or a little bit of a charade when they were like playing on the Led Zeppelin high and I'm like okay that's kind of cool maybe if they do something different with it and do it their own way no their first album was exactly how the Led Zeppelin albums were they did they were not original they were completely garbage I feel like I have the mainstream idea in regards to how they are but it is just garbage do not listen to them if you're going to listen to them listen to their EP their EP is fantastic but their first album garbage to, to go off of that, yeah, the EP from Greta Van Fleet was really, really cool. Um, and I know, like, because Led Zeppelin kind of got claimed that they stole a lot of their songs. And technically they did. But so in the blues mindset, you were always taking songs that other people wrote, changing them a little bit, and making them your own songs. And that's just kind of how it was. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, Greta... I didn't really like Greta Van Fleet's newest album. Uh, Chad, what uh, projects that are coming out are you interested in or can't wait for to come out? So um, I don't even know who's really putting out new music because you don't know it until they really start promoting it. But um, I'm really excited for Harry Styles is putting out an album in December. I'm really excited for that. Um, I don't know about projects that I'm looking forward to, but I have a couple um, shows that I'm seeing in the next couple months that I'm really excited for. Like I'm seeing um, the end of this month, or actually um, this upcoming weekend, I'm seeing um, the 1975, which is like oh, everyone. Which I forgot is, about that. Yes. So, which is a very like I feel like it's a very polarizing thing to say you like them because you people either like 
love them, die hard love them, or people absolutely despise them. Mm-hmm. Which I completely understand. Like, people don't buy with their music, and that's fine. But personally for me, like, I love their music. I'm so obsessed with it. They are so good. So phenomenal. That is a band that pretty much did what Greta Van Fleet did, but made it put it, their own spin on it. Yeah, so I'm seeing them um, in Philly, I believe. Or Camden, yeah, at um, BB&T. So I'm very excited for that. Um, and I've never seen them live. And it's, like, supposed to be, like, one of the... I've heard from a lot of people that I've seen them live that, like, they're phenomenal live. They, the energy at their shows is, is really amazing. Yeah. At the end of this month, I'm seeing um, Jaden and Willow Smith. I love uh, Jaden's music. Um, I, like, I love what, what, he's, what he's doing with his music. And, I mean, he's not very original with his album titles. But, yeah, and Jaden. And then, but I'm actually really into Willow Smith's music. Um, she gets a lot of influence from, you can tell, like, Tame Impala and stuff like that. And um, it's really cool. And... Then in February, I'm seeing one of my favorite artists, uh, Rex Orange County, who I love um, a lot. Um, he's like our age. Uh, Greg is also going. I'll be there. I'll be there. Greg, I actually was in class. Um, sorry, professor. And I was in class at watching the countdown to pre-sale of his show, and Greg was sitting next to me, so I could buy his ticket. Um, but yeah, we're we're very excited uh, to see Rex Orange County. I've seen him once before, and then. Um, yeah, I, I love his music. Oh yeah, so uh, Greg, what are you what are you looking forward to? Going off of what you said, also Harry Styles loved the first album, so very excited for the second one to come out in December. Um, and then going back to my old roots, A Day to Remember was supposed to be coming out with an album at the end of 2019. They just posted on their Instagram saying some stuff got delayed, so in 2020 that album should be coming out. The last A Day to Remember album. The first half of it was awesome because they went heavy and were like classic data remember. And then the second half, I was like, eh, I could do without this. So hopefully, hopefully we get more of the first half of this album than the second half. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't My Chemical Romance like getting back together? Yes. yes. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm a little really bit excited. pissed off about that only because they're from New Jersey and they're not coming coming to the East yeah. Coast. West At all? No. Oh, bro. But to see them together again. <laughs> I, I cried. I literally cried. It's literally <laughs> Alternative Press's biggest story ever that yeah. they're yeah. finally yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know we have at least one artist or one song that we love to scream in the car in the shower when um, no one else is listening or looking. So, uh, Greg, what's your, what's your guilty pleasure? Don't come at me. But... I love Nickelback. Anyone, there it is. Anyone that says Nickelback is bad, like, okay, that's your opinion. But well, I, it's wrong. Not even that it's wrong. Look I think at you're. This photograph. Look at this <coughs> all right, all right, hold on, hold on. I think you're just playing into the meme because I think no. the meme became a thing, and then everyone just started trashing right, them. How I remind you. Oh. One of the greatest songs of the 2000s, that in my so, opinion. In my opinion. The most 2000s, early 2000s rock and, I've ever And heard. I'm I'm not going to lie. I saw them a couple, like, two summers ago, I think. And they were fantastic. They sound exactly like they sound on the record live. Okay. I was going crazy, jumping up and down, having a great time. Fun, fun concert. And I think you forget, Nickelback has some bops. Like, they do. They have some really good songs. So this whole Nickelback blasphemy thing, calm down, everyone. 
it's my guilty pleasure because it's because it's not accepted by the rest of society. Let people like what they like. Yes. Said it once, we'll say it again. Nickelback. Yeah. Deadpool probably made the best case yeah, for. That was an awesome video. Yeah, that was great, and I feel like uh, their main audience is uh, average, low income white boys. And if they and if they can just push that energy towards that band, and not through their like what they're doing right now in regards to politics, then Nickelback would probably save us all in the long run. Nickelback saving America. Yeah, the Canadian band. <laughs> oh, Greg, I'm so glad that you talked about them because they are. I love them so much, and that was my music when I was listening to that when I was little too. That was really funny. So, Chad, what is your guilty pleasure? So, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to expose myself real quick. So, (laughs) me being a person that prides myself on what I listen to, um, I think music has, like, defined a lot of aspects of my life. So, I feel weird about exposing myself. But I will admit, when I was in high school, I was really into singing. I was in choirs and stuff like that. And I was in musical theater. So in that time in my life, I did listen to some musical theater. Like I was into, like I liked the Rent soundtrack a lot when I was younger. Not a lot of people can relate to it, but you know the song. Five hundred. It's a great. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. So I was into that. Um, nowadays, I would say, I feel most guilty when I buy into catchy pop songs. Mm-hmm. When I'm like, oh, why is this stuck in my head right now? Like I love. Like, I like Lizzo. Like, I think Lizzo... I don't know if I'm necessarily... Okay, Lizzo is... I don't know if I'm necessarily yeah. guilty about it, but, like, yeah, I, really I've, I've... I'm fascinated by Lizzo and, and her music and and her voice. I think it's, it's very... You go outside of the singles and listen to, like, that actual album, that girl can sing. Like, yeah. outside of just being a catchy pop song, like, just good music um, in general. And then I think... <laughs> big one. I don't know if I'm guilty or unironically obsessed, but... I'm obsessed with Mason Ramsey, the yodel boy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, as we're talking about, like, mm, country is, is trash. But, like, his music is so, like, I want to take it as a joke. But then at the same time, I'm like, why is this kind of bop? I like, was going to say, why is that bop? <laughs> like, like, have you ever heard his song, Twang? She loves me for my twang. I'm like, oh, my God, why is this kind of good? And also, I love, so, like, as much as I, like, want to say I hate country, because I grew up on it, and it's something I've just like always had a distaste for. Mm-hmm. I also love um, Casey Musgraves. I think what she's doing with country turning into like this country pop genre that we haven't really seen since like kind of like Taylor Swift. Um, I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift, just a PSA. But Casey Musgraves, I really enjoy. So that's why I think that's my guilty pleasures. I'll sing Casey Musgraves in the shower. I'm sorry to my roommates. <laughs> um, Alex, what are your guilty pleasures? I really. Uh... I don't know. I don't, I, like I said, I don't listen to a lot of music anymore. Uh, but if I had to pick, I don't like musicals. I hate musicals. I don't, I don't like musicals all that much, but some of them, I'm, they just get into my head. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, I, I would say the biggest guilty pleasure is just listening to Disney songs. I felt that. Like, yeah. Sometimes like I would just like listen to it, and especially the Phil Collins soundtrack to Tarzan. Oh, my God. That was that – was, it was good. <laughs> it's really good. Mulan. Mulan. Oh my god! I'll make a man out of you. That was good. Uh, my Hercules. 
the Hercules one is probably really good, my favorite one. But if that is my, if I have to label my guilty pleasures, it would probably be Disney musicals. All right, I'm gonna put a plug in it. We can talk about music forever. So we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this little jingle. Here you go. Here's what else you need to know this week. Last week, the Black Student Union held its first State of Black Rowan Forum to talk about issues that have risen between the divide of Rowan culture and Black Rowan culture. Topics discussed included equality, representation, and inclusivity among students on campus. Professors, deans, staff, and students had the opportunity to sit back and listen to the views and opinions of others. And... Election week is over, and one huge swing happened as the Kentucky governor changed as Democratic nominee Andy Bashar defeated Republican incumbent Governor Matt Bevan. The race itself was close by a mere 5,000 votes of the 1.4 million that were cast. Bevan has refused to concede to Bashar, and Kentucky will re-canvass the votes, which pretty much means just double-checking that counties added the votes correctly before sending it to the county clerk. All of this can be done within a day, according to the New York Times. And Harry Styles will be hosting SNL this weekend, so it's a must-watch in my opinion. Every Whitway is produced by Greg Sharon, Chad Whitman, and Alexander Heller. Our editor is Greg Sharon. Our music is brought to you by Jace Williams of Sweet Pill. Our graphic is by Tori Ballack, and our executive producers are Tara Lomsdorf and Miguel Martinez. That's it for Every Whitway. Thank you for listening. See you next week.